0: It is amazing to be in Springdale, Arkansas with you guys today and to see how God orchestrates relationships. You know, really, the kingdom of God is all about relationship. You really can't speak into anybody's life unless you have relationship with them. And you know, sometimes we think, well, you know, we don't want to really be around those kind of people. How many of you know Jesus has sinners? Right? Amen. Amen. And so I, I heard this before that if, if, if somebody's sin is too bad that you don't feel like you can be around them, then you're better than Jesus. Because Jesus hung around people who were broken and hurting and needed to be healed. And how many know Jesus is the only way? Amen. Amen. You know, um, can I just say something this morning? How much I just love the name of your church. Vision Church. I love that. Every time you talk about your church, every time, Zach, that you invite somebody, can somebody say amen? amen? To church, to visit you know, you are reminded and are declaring that you are about vision. I love that. Just the name itself explains the heart of this church. And, and just seeing things in the spiritual. The Bible talks a lot about vision. It talks a lot about visions and how sometimes you know we'll see things more in a spiritual way uh, before we see them in the physical, in the natural. Believing for things before we see them. Vision clears up what's ahead. Amen. It clears up what's ahead, what God has for us, what God has for your church in the days to come. It exposes and it uncovers and makes clear the haze of life, the haze of circumstances that can keep us stuck right where we are. How many of you know that we are no threat to the enemy if we just stay where we are? Come on, man. That's where he wants us, but that's not what God wants. He wants us to have vision and clarity and passion to be able to accomplish the things that God has called, not only you individually, but has called his church to do in this day that we're living for such a time as this. About eight years ago, uh, one day I just had, they called it a spontaneous uh, detached retina. Had no idea what it was, but suddenly I had this, this black thing in my eye and I couldn't see, there was no pain. But suddenly, my vision was blurry. I had to go to the hospital. I had to have a surgery on my eye. I mean, thank God. God showed up in that moment, and he saved my vision. I mean, God healed me. There's no doubt. But I had an eye patch. I had blurry vision. I couldn't drive. I couldn't focus to read. I was stuck in a moment with no clarity. Everything where I was, if God did not do something, if the doctors were not there, if I didn't make a move of some kind... I would have lost my ability to physically see um, moving forward in my life. You know, as well as sometimes, how many of you know when you get down in the physical, you get discouraged, you get depressed, and the enemy will use that as a moment to cloud your spiritual vision. And so going through this, it was a multiple, tons of things that happened. I mean, I had the surgery, and then my retina would not attach, and then I had to go back and have another laser surgery, then I had to go back, and every time I had to go over the grapevine from Bakersfield to Los Angeles, and you couldn't go over the grapevine because I had a gas bubble in my eye, so I had to go around seven hours every other day. I mean, it was a process, and let me tell you, when you're quiet and you can't see good, God talks to you. (laughs) amen when you're moving fast how many know God can go boom down on the mat just like that right but in those moments I just understood what vision is about and vision obviously physical vision but vision is important more important that a church has a vision and they are clearly seeing what God has for this people every church God's church as a whole you know we know what God but as a church clearly seeing the vision that God has for you. Because we all know Proverbs 19, 18, without a vision, what? The people will perish. What does perish? They'll wonder. They'll be, they'll, they'll stray from what God clearly has for them, even as a church body right here in Springdale. God is doing something exciting in your church right now. It's kind of like pickup sticks, man. Sometimes God just goes, you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, God knows every stick to pick up first. Amen. He knows everyone. And as we just lean into him, like in worship this morning, when we begin to lean in and we begin to submit and allow ourselves to fully be seeing vision for our own life and for our church, I'm telling you, God will do amazing and mighty things that this church needs to accomplish. And um, it's just such an honor to be here today because you are so blessed to have Phil and Nicole Johnson as your pastors. Amen. 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 <laughs> They are dear friends that every time I see them, it can be years, but it doesn't matter. Everything is exactly the same, and that's when you know you're in the body of Christ, but you're tremendously blessed. They are full of compassion, and that makes what I'm going to talk about this morning so easy because I know their hearts for this church and even more so this community, and um, it's just an honor to be able to share with you today. Today, I want to talk a little bit about compassion and how compassion is served through the life of a Christian. I want to say that again. Compassion and how compassion is served through the life of a Christian. Um, about having a fresh vision for God's church in this area of compassion. Because compassion, how many know it's a word we hear a lot today? We hear it a lot. Not only in, in the church world. You hear it in the world. Compassion. But God created compassion. Jesus himself was someone who lived with true compassion. And it's really a word that that defines a part of what we are as Christians. It's a part of, when Christ lives in us, compassion is something that has to uh, reverberate out of our lives and out of the way that we live as Christ followers. You know, when we think about the Great Commission, we know that the Great Commission calls us to something. How many of you know that God calls us to something? I remember when I was doing junior hires, I did junior hires 20 years, and I did this message series called God Specks Something From Us. He didn't go to the cross and then not expect anything back. Amen? It's not like he's weighing it out, but faith without works is dead faith. And so God expects something as we grow, as we step into that destiny and that vision. God expects something back from our life, right? A living sacrifice, an offering. We sing about it, but sometimes we don't do it. Hey, man, if we did everything we singed about on Sunday morning, wow, <laughs> come on, man, there'd be fire just shining on top of our heads. It'd be amazing, right? But the Great Commission, Jesus says this in Matthew 20, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He says what? Does he say stay? No, he says Go. Two little, two little letters, G-O. And so many times, you know, we get comfortable in the pew. We get comfortable in, man, you know, yes, I went to church this week. Boy, I showed up. How many of you know there's a lot of activities that Zach just talked about that you might be able to be involved in this week? And it takes people to do God's work. Not just your pastor, not just your pastor's wife, not just your leader, but it takes God's people getting up off the pew and saying, Here I am, Lord. Use me. Jesus said, therefore, go. You know where we get vision from? We get vision from God's word. And I love this quote that I read. It said, God has given us the written word, the Bible. When we fail to read God's word and live it out in our own lives, we become people without vision. God's word is the center of our life and it is what gives us vision and passion. And when we're not in God's word, Personally, on our own personal times of devotion, I'm telling you, that's when God's going to give you clarity and vision for what he wants for you, and even where he might want you to serve in your church. He's going to give you the ability to see things before they happen, to believe things before they come to pass. And this is what, you know, in, in Acts, um, so many things that happened. I always have I said, if, if they were writing Acts today, would there be enough things to write about God's church that was happening Because in the book of Acts, man, God's church is on fire. It's happening. The Spirit's being poured out, and God's people are doing incredible works for the Lord. So Jesus calls us to go. Luke 14, 23 and other scriptures, go into the highways and the hedges and do what? Compel them to come in. Compel is a strong word, and I love that word. I know when my kids were little, there are many times that I compelled them to do things. I provoked my children to good works by the laying on of hands. Amen. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. Right? But really, that word compel, are we really going into the highways and hedges and compelling people to come? Because the days are short. We know that. But this is what God, Jesus himself, uses this in a parable, saying that we need to go. But not just to go, but also to do some things. We can't just hear and not do, but to do some things. When we think about the early church, as I was talking about a second ago, the book of Acts, it reminds us today that they were an example for us to look at and here's what Acts 42:44 says. You've all read this scripture. And all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in needs. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper like we're going to do today. Amen. And shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Now, I'm not asking you. Don't run out. I'm not asking you to go home and sell everything. It's all good. But that spirit that was alive and well in the church in Acts was about a coming together of God's people. The believers had vision to serve one another and to serve the people around them. That's what was happening in the early church. There was something about them coming together and meeting the needs of those around them. And I know that that is a central part of the vision of this church. We saw what God did in Acts when when the church began to act on that, meeting the needs of one another I'm saying that this is our example for compassion and for caring for the needs of those around us not only is an example friends it is our call it is what God has called the church to do you may say today as you drove here today I don't know where you came from but how how pastor Robin how do we have the ability to rise to the occasion to such a large call It seems like instead of going forward, there's so much more brokenness. There's so much more poverty. There's so much more homelessness around. And when we look around, it is overwhelming. The need is overwhelming when you drive down the street. But we see needs like no other time in history. But friends, here's the good news. God created us for this call. He created his church. The foundation of God's church was designed for the church to be the answer. Amen. For the church to be the answer, not just in times of pandemic or crisis, right? Oh boy, it's okay. We can do it during this time. We have a tragedy. We have, yes, we rise to those things. But ongoing and consistently, God has called and equipped the church, God's people, to be able to be the answer to a broken world. We're given divine appointments in our life. How many of y'all have ever had a divine appointment? Where you just walked away, you go, oh, Mom, Zach, at the th- last week, <laughs> divine appointment. We miss so many of those divine appointments because we're so busy. I like to call these divine interruptions. That's what the Lord gave me because I'm always on a mission. And this morning I'm talking fast because I'm trying to look at my clock here. It's all right because I'm an auctioneer too. Who a thousand right now, but a thousand, a thousand, a, a, a little bit half. right now, but I go 12. Who 12 right now, but 12 and a half, 12 and a half, go to 13. <laughs> We're going to make it happen this morning. But sometimes we are so busy in our own lives and consumed that we miss opportunities to step into the call given to the church of Jesus Christ. And I can tell you, I am a passionate person. I'm a missional person. And I love that God would ever trust me with anything. I'm probably not trustworthy, but you know what? God believes in me. He rescued me from drugs and alcohol. He rescued me from brokenness. And this is why I know that not only is Jesus the answer, but friends, God's people are the conduit. I had good conduit where I stepped into a church and God's people began to love on me. I didn't look like I should be there. I had a tail going down the back and I was absolutely addicted to alcohol, drugs, and smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. I'd been raised in church But I had strayed because I lost vision of who Jesus was in my life. We're going to talk a little bit later about how we help people get back to that. Somebody say amen. Amen. I've been, you know, I love Walmart. Just tell you straight up. Even in California, I love Walmart. Yeah. And so I shop at Walmart, but usually I have a list. I'm getting out of the car. My daughter is with me this morning. And uh, this is a story that kind of happened to us. Haley doesn't move as fast as I do. Neither of my kids do, but we would go to the store and we'd get parked and, you know, and so one day we're at Walmart and I get out of the car, I, get, I close my door, I lock the door and I'm talking to Haley. I get, I turn around, she's still in the car. I locked her in the car. I think she was 15. I, when I got back over, I said, I'm going to tell you something, girl, when I pull in this parking lot, you get your hand on that handle. And when I get out of this car, yeah, you know, I'm giving her the whole, the whole speech, but on a mission and I'm going in and man, I'm focused, right? And, and I remember one time when I was in there, and I, I really was in a time crunch, and I'm walking by the ladies department, and this lady just really just steps out, and she said, um, she said, hey, I was wondering if you could look at this blouse. I'm buying a blouse for my daughter, and I just wondered what you think about it. When my mind, I'm saying, honey, I don't know you, I don't know your daughter, and I do not have time for this, right? So I said, well, well how old is your daughter? So she told me, and I'm like, you know, finally, I'm like, why, why are you buying this for your daughter? She says she's getting ready to go into a rehab program and I need to get her some clothes. Man, the Lord just convicted me right there. And I just, I ended up, I said, is there any way I could pray for you and pray for your daughter? Man, when you start praying in the aisles of Walmart, Jesus moves. Amen. <laughs> and you know, I'm not loud and saying, friends and neighbors, I want you to know right now that God, hallelujah, on aisle five, you know. But right there in the clothes aisle, you know, I mean, just God will use you with divine interruptions. You can have a list, but now I have a list, and I say, Lord, don't let me miss it. If there's anything you want me to see or do, and there's lots of time I go in Walmart, come back out, it's nothing, but I don't ever want to miss an opportunity that God would give me, because that's the true call on my life, not what I need to get done. I remember down the, down the road, probably about five or six, maybe seven years ago, they built a Sonic right around the block from where I lived. You know, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Thankfully, my happy hour choice was Diet Coke. So I begin to drive through there, get a Diet Coke, get a Diet Coke, you know, every day and during happy hour. Finally, I would drive up and they say, come on up, we got your Diet Coke, right? I don't know if that's good or bad, but you know, when you go to Sonic, most of the time there's young people working there. At the time I was a youth pastor and, and uh, you know, you're just being friendly with people. They got their name tags. You're looking at their name. You're trying to learn their name. Come on, friends. How many of you know this is something small you can do? Get to know somebody. Make them feel valued. Because I did young people. So anyway, one day I'm driving through there, and uh, it was probably a year later or so. And so I'm driving through, and they, they're handing me my thing. They go, why are you so dressed up today? I was on my way to a funeral, to do a funeral. And uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to do a funeral. And the young man said, you're, you're going to a funeral or you're going to do a funeral? I said, I'm, I'm going to do a funeral. He goes, are you a pastor? I said, yeah. He goes, can you pull up to the trash can? So I pull up the trash can, and this young man comes out. And he says, hey, would you just pray for my brother? He's in prison. And you know what? Down the road, I had to plan my times to go get a Diet Coke because everybody in the Sonic wanted me to pull up to the trash can. I literally married two couples from that Sonic just because God will give us the ability to build relationship with people. I'm glad that when he looked down at me, he didn't say, well, you're a pastor. (laughs) Instead, God had allowed me to be kind and loving to these young people, and everywhere you go, God will use you, friends. When you drive out of this parking lot today, look in your rearview mirror and say, Lord, I'm entering the mission field. Whatever you have for me, I'm available. Show me, lead me, guide me. When we look at all the work that needs to be done, we know this one thing, that none of us can do it alone. None of us can. There's not one church. There's the church, amen? And I love the heart of working with other churches in the community to get the job done that God's called the church to do. You know, in the Old Testament, there's 631 laws that if you break a law, you get your head cut off or your eyes poked out. How many you are glad we don't live in the Old Testament? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Jesus came, though, in the New Testament. And what did he say? The two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We have to live that out, not only with people who are broken, but also other people from other denominations. Listen, if they're on this mission with us, let's don't worry about how they worship. Thank God we have liberty. Thank God this is who we are, right? But in that, let's love them. Let's encourage them because there's power in numbers. It will take the whole community to get done in Springdale what God wants to do, but he wants to use a church-like vision to light the fire. He wants you all to be just on fire for him and letting your light shine in a way that that everybody sees it. You know, I, I think of all the years I was a children's pastor, junior high, you know, we sing, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it. Man, I'm declaring runway lights, honey. Come on. Not this little light of mine, but I'm on the airport runway, man, and this is my light. And I want to shine for Jesus because he wants to use us. And you may say, man, I'm not comfortable. Listen, God will give you boldness when the spirit comes on you. And it's not like a super weird, right? I told Pastor Phil and Nicole last night, I believe in the supernatural, not the super weird. So I'm not asking you to do anything weird, right? You don't need to get a big flashlight and walk around in Walmart singing this little big light of mine, right? Your light will shine when you live out God's word and the call on your life. The assignment to lead the way belongs to God's church. It belongs to God's church. The problem is that many, 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 many moons and years ago, we gave our assignment to the government. We gave it away. We allowed the government to take the assignment that God gave the church. The things that God assigned to us, the 10 biblical mandates, and you guys are part of a ministry, city CityServe. That, that's where I came from, from Bakersfield. But I'm telling you with all my heart, I believe it. These are the biblical mandates. If you could put that, that screen up, I don't know if it'll come up or not. Maybe it's not working. The widow, the orphan, the poor, hungry, addicted, prisoner, vulnerable, exploited, Israel, unreached, unengaged. Every church should be activating themselves in those 10 biblical mandates because that's the assignment of God's church. And God will bless a church that will step in to those assignments. But how many of you know God's given us back a place at the table? God's using your pastor and his wife in the community with relationships with your city government, your county government. He is giving them back, giving Vision Church a place at the table to lead the way in your community. And God is just getting started. I have seen what God has done when the city and the county begin to understand that the faith community is the answer. Instead of the faith community being known as judgmental, being holier than thou, the faith community begins to be servants, and we begin to serve them. Man, I would tell churches that I was working with there in Bakersfield, hey, we're having a trash pickup day with the city. Keep Bakersfield beautiful. Oh, wow, were we going to be able to preach? Nope. We're not going to be able? No. Your life's going to preach every piece of trash you pick up. You come there and you wear a, church from your shirt, a church, shirt from your church. You show up and let's show our city and our county that God's church is alive and well. And we can pick up trash better than anybody else because God will bless it when we step into the community and serve. He will give us favor and he will give us a voice at the table. God's never, we're never waiting on God. God's waiting on us, man. I get excited about this stuff because I've seen what God can do. These 10 biblical initiatives are the heart and soul of what God has called his church. And I believe that the local church is God's greatest resource. The local church, not paraministries, not some of the larger, the local church is God's greatest resource. And I say that, but I really say the local church mobilized is God's greatest resource. The local church that comes in on Sunday and sits down and does nothing during the week, that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for a church that's mobilized. And and the church being the answer to the broken world, it's almost like when we see brokenness and we see infection, it's like white blood cells. The church has to be the red blood cells that rush to that infection. And we begin to see Jesus do what only he can do. I can tell you every Wednesday night when I had my junior high service, we would do everything we could to plan that service around the altar time, preparing an atmosphere where God could do what only he could do. He could do what I couldn't do. And if I did my part, God always did his part. He always shows up. Can you say amen? Somebody say amen. amen. This is something God gave me back a, a while ago. Uh, on, we were at a prayer meeting. We were doing a prayer meeting on Tuesday mornings. And uh, this was when I was in Bakersfield. But I want to share it today because I love the declaration that it is. In Isaiah 62, it's Isaiah's prayer for Jerusalem. But today, I want to read it to you as instead of Isaiah 62, Springdale. Sixty-two. Because I love Springdale, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Springdale, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see her righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by her glory. And she will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold her in his hand for all to see a splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will she be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. But her new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. Isaiah 62, when you pray, pray that over Springdale. Pray that God will use this church pray that God will use Vision's Church to do the assignment that God has given, not only to you as a church, but individually. Friends, it's so important. Acts twenty twenty four, one of my favorite scriptures. We got to get to this place. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. See, God's church is plan A, and there is no plan B. I'm not sure I'll have a conversation with the Lord when I get there. Probably not a good plan. But we are plan A, and he's trusting us, just like he did the 12 disciples, to move out from where we are to go and not to stay, to be who God has called us to be. Why? Because he called us to be the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You know, I love that. Listen, friends, if you live here today and you can hide it, you don't have it. Come on, Jesus. It'll ding your armor a little bit right there. But if you walk out of here and your Bible sits down and you don't pick it up until next Sunday morning. If you go into Walmart and you're as frustrated as everybody else. You know what I do now? I pick the longest line. And it's my mission field. And I say, Lord, just help me. There's two checkers at Walmart. One of them took seven years. One of them took five years till I saw them walk on our church property. Because I would be buying stuff and they say, What do you, you buy? I, I, I lead junior hires. Oh, you're a teacher. I said, No, I'm a pastor. Oh, what church? I'd pick that line over and over every time I saw them there. And I remember the Sunday that I saw Andra. I was walking across to the building across the street and Andra was in the crosswalk. I'm like, Andra, what are you doing here? She said, I'm coming to church. Gave her heart to Christ. She's now working and serving in the church, and that was four years ago. God will use you, friends. He will use you, but you have to be, have a vision to see things before God brings them to pass. The exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ever begin to even think or ask. We're going to come to a close here, but I do want to share this with you. It's about the woman at the well. This is the way we should live our lives, friends. Four things about the woman at the well. Number one, Jesus is our example. And when Jesus did what he did, he was intentional. JESUS SENT HIS DISCIPLES TO TOWN, AND HE INTENTIONALLY WENT TO THE WELL AT NOON BECAUSE SHE COULD NOT COME WITH THE OTHER WOMEN BECAUSE OF HER SHAME. JESUS WAS INTENTIONAL. SECONDLY, JESUS WAS PRACTICAL, AND THIS IS WHAT I LOVE ABOUT YOUR WAREHOUSE. HE BUILT THE NEED AROUND SOMETHING THEY BOTH NEEDED, AROUND WATER AT THE WELL. JESUS WAS PRACTICAL. YOU HAVE THE ABILITY TO MEET PRACTICAL NEEDS FOR PEOPLE EVERY DAY. AND I'M TELLING YOU, IT'LL HELP YOU BUILD RELATIONSHIP WITH PEOPLE. And this is what God's church does. The government, they drop and they leave, right? God's church drops and we stay. We continue to show up that door to somebody that we gave something. Hey, I just wanted to check on you. And we had some welcome mats. I just wanted to bring you a welcome mat. I've lived this. I've done this. And I'm telling you, when the church begins to understand the power of relationship, the power of showing up, showing up is the most spiritual thing you can do. If you don't show up, God can't do what he wants to do in you. And he can't use you to do what he wants to do in someone else. When you want to lay in bed on a Sunday, show up. Get up. If you're sick, stay home. But if you're well, show up. When there's some activity, some event, something that you can help with, show up. God will use this. Jesus was intentional. He was practically third. He was relational. He listened to her story. Sometimes we're too busy to listen to people's stories. We don't have time. Here's your thing. Can I help you? There's your deal. Listen, man, God bless you. JESUS HIMSELF. HE ALREADY KNEW HER STORY, AMEN. HE KNEW EVERYTHING ABOUT HER. IN FACT, HE SAID AT THE END, ALL OF THAT AND THIS TOO. HOW MANY DON'T WANT TO MEET JESUS AT THE WELL, (laughs) RIGHT? HE WAS INTENTIONAL. HE WAS PRACTICAL. HE WAS RELATIONAL. THE VERY LAST THING THAT HE WAS, WAS ETERNAL. HE SAID, I HAVE LIVING WATER, YOU'LL NEVER THIRST AGAIN. SOMETIMES WE WANT TO GET THE ETERNAL BEFORE THE PRACTICAL. Get the eternal. And sometimes God will give us a divine appointment. And that happens. But listen, friends, Jesus himself took it in steps until he got to know her. And then he spoke into her life. And this woman at the well was the first evangelist. She had a first love with Jesus. She had an encounter with Jesus that changed her life forever. How many of you know our encounters with Jesus? I, oh, that was a good service today. And then two or three weeks later, you go, oh, it's been so dry. Man, that's your own encounter with Jesus hold on to it. She ran to her village and what did she see? She said, come and see. Come and see what Jesus is doing. We need to have some come and see moments happening in our life every day. I'm not going to tell you, I could tell you things that Jesus did when I was a drug addict. He lifted me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. Come on. But I can tell you things that he did for me yesterday and the day before. Because there's come and see moments in our life, if we're not having them, ask Jesus for them. Because compassion, friends, is an action word. It's not something you talk about, it's something you do. It's something that inhabits God's church. He's given it to us first. And we serve a God of vision. Here's a quote, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. you got to have vision. And I can tell you, passion only comes from Jesus. You can't buy passion. You can't get that's excitement. You can do that. But passion comes from the Lord. That means that nothing's too hard. Nothing's too big. There's nothing standing in the way of you and what God is calling you to do. Individually and as a church, as Pastor Phil and Nicole lead this church, the passion they have to see God do something incredible through Vision Church in Springdale, Arkansas, I, I'm not, I can feel it from them. And I know you do. God's building this church. Ephesians 5 says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. God will give you opportunities and he wants us to be able to walk in those. I want to share just a couple of scriptures as I close today. Actually, not scriptures. They're actually quotes I want to close with. But in the Old Testament, you know, there's a whole story and I'm not going to go into it. But basically, there were city of refuges. And the cities of refuge in the Old Testament, they had to keep the path clear. It was the law. They had to keep the path clear. They had to have road signs that pointed. If somebody killed somebody in a city, they would kill them if they didn't get out of the city and run to the city of refuge. The church is the modern-day city of refuge. And the road signs are us, folks. People are looking at our life everywhere we go. And our lives should point people, not only to Jesus, but to God's church. I'm a believer that every person needs church family. I don't know how they make it through. I've done so many funerals for families that I, I, was, I was their pastor because they had no pastor. That's an incredible privilege, but I can't imagine walking through life without having a church family and a pastor in my life. You know, the story in Mark 2 of the people that carried their friend to Jesus I love that story. Because, you know, you think about the day that they were in. It could have been raining. It could have been muddy. It could have been 115 degrees. It could have been uh, humid. Who knows? They may not have had shoes. I don't know what was going on. But these four men, they went and picked up somebody that had been sitting at a gate for years. Can you imagine how he might have smelled? Can you imagine that he was heavy because he wasn't moving? And the Bible says they carried him to the next town. I wonder today... If we decided we were going to take someone to Fayetteville, who'd sign up and actually carry their friend to Jesus. But they did it. And they didn't just leave him outside the door and say to the people outside, hey, would you mind pulling him with you? Because we got to go. They said, we got to get this person to Jesus. They climbed on the roof and knocked a hole. We'd call 911 run if they did that right now. But they followed through. They finished the course. They knew what God was calling them to do. Let me tell you something. That man's healing was not in his relationship with Jesus and asking. That man's healing laid in the hands of the four men who picked him up and carried him to Jesus. We're mat bearers. That's what we are. Our role is to carry broken, hurting people to Jesus, the source of healing and abundant life. And when we do that... I'm going to tell you, you are going to be fulfilled in your own life. You're going to experience things that you could never even imagine. Two things I want to read to you today. Proverbs 24. I want to end with this as the last scripture, and then I want to read a quote. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear these things, because this is what God is saying to us. Starting at verse 11, it says, Go and rescue the perishing. Be their Savior. Why would you stand back? and watch them stagger to their death. And why would you say, but it's none of my business? The one who knows you completely and judges your every motive is also the keeper of souls and not just yours. He sees through your excuses and he holds you responsible for failing to help those whose lives are threatened. Zach might not have said, well, I don't don't know, but you know what? He was willing to step into the Kool-Aid. Just step out in faith. It didn't hurt him to do that. It didn't hurt the guy to do that. God will use it. And who knows? Zach may never know. But when Zach steps into heaven, he may see this young man and say, wow, how did you get here? He says, remember the day when I was at Sam's furniture and you knocked on my window. This is how powerful God will use us if we allow him to. And I know I can speak this today. I'm preaching to the choir today because I know the leadership you have before you. But friends, I want you to feel empowered and bold in the call of God's church. There's a reason that Vision Church is coming together today in the way that it is. Charles Spurgeon, you mentioned some guys. He's way before them. But this is another one, guys. It says, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go on one unwarned or not prayed for. It's on us. The assignment to heal the brokenness in our world is on God's church. You're blessed to be in a church that understands that and is leading you in a place this word exertion means work it means we got to roll our sleeves up we might have to sweat a little bit we might have to love some people and hug on people that don't smell like us or look like us what a privilege that God would trust us to do something like that I'm telling you man when you start when you start seeing God work in those kinds of things we're walking through some unknown times and places right now yet Jesus remains the same he's the same yesterday today And forever we need a vision in our hearts and our minds about what it means to live out that vision on a daily basis and I pray today that something would stir your heart I could preach up here for a long time but I'm just because because of just who God is and what I've seen him do and I in my spiritual vision and eyes I can see the passion that is stirring in this church changes, moving, setting up, tear down in the exertions of God's people. It won't be forever. I was in a tent for three years. I was in California, and I was in a tent from Miami, Oklahoma, revival tent. And I just said, well, this is a revival tent. I'm just going to declare revival over my junior hires. I was going to be in it six months, and I was in it three years. And in California, it's hot and it's cold. That's the only two things you get. But we were able to see a junior high group grow in an old windy, dirty, hot, and cold tent because God is the one that does that work. We are only the conduit, friends, but let's be good conduit. Let's, let's be in a position for God to flow through us, for his passion to live in us, and for his vision to lead us and guide us into those divine appointments in this community. Can I pray for y'all? Lord, we just love you this morning. We thank you so much for your goodness and your grace and your mercy in our life. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God of passion and vision. And God, I pray for this congregation today. Lord, God, that you would bless them, that you would anoint them, God. That you would draw them into that place, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're the only one that can. When we lean into you, Lord, you lean into us. And you lead us and you guide us, God, in such a way that even the gates of hell cannot prevail against your church. Thank you for that power and boldness that lives within each of us. That resurrection power, God, that can bring people's back, people broken in their place back to life. Thank you that you use us, that you trust us, God. And I thank you today for Vision Church. I thank you for Pastor Phil and Nicole. And God, I just pray, God, an overflowing of the portion of heaven on their lives. God, in every area as they lead this church and this people. God, I pray for fruit in this church. God, that people would walk in and begin to be a part of what you're going to do through this church in Springdale, Arkansas. And God, we just declare and prophesy over that today. Let your will be done as your word goes forth. We thank you for your goodness and we give you glory for all of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people say, Amen, amen. God bless you guys today. It's such a privilege.